This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop about research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared from our students, faculty, and other members of our USC community. Everybody and welcome back into another episode of the Turby Voices. My name is Paul Ledesma. I am the director of undergraduate admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering, and I am just one of your co-hosts here. And my name is Emily Powis, and I am a senior studying biomedical engineering. How are you doing, Emily? I'm good. It's been we're getting into midterm season, so I was going to say exciting it's, time. It's, it's October. How weird is that? I, I cannot yeah. understand how quickly this year is going by. Yeah, it's actually insane. And yeah, I can't believe it. Well, welcome to October. Uh, um, is, is it officially spooky season in your in your uh, household there? Are you decorated? Think... Are, are you getting ready? Are you getting pumped for Halloween? I don't think we're really there yet. But I know that <laughs> my house is really outdoorsy. So typically around October, we start like bringing pumpkins on our trips. Uh-huh. Oh, um, on the trips. Yeah. So then we can like carve them and bake the seeds in the fire and stuff. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. I'm excited for that. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, uh, happy fall and happy October, or as uh, my favorite radio station would say, uh, it's Rocktober. Uh, <laughs> or maybe that's what you say when you're out climbing. It's Rocktober, right? <laughs> yeah. We're seeing like rock and roll, like stuff like that. <laughs> it's nothing but dad jokes this morning. Welcome to our podcast episode. This episode is another one of our alumni interviews. Uh, One of my favorites, uh, it was really, I was really excited to get him uh, on the line for the interview and for the conversation. It was great to connect with him. This is Robbie Wright. Robbie is a graduate of our electrical and computer engineering department. He has both his bachelor's and his master's in electrical engineering. And he's gone on to do some really cool things. First, he worked in the defense industry. He's worked at a couple different companies. And then now, uh, which seems to be the theme currently, which is just <laughs> not at all planned, but just coincidentally, uh, has has had the majority of his career recently at Apple, uh, where he does a lot of hardware mm-hmm. design. Um, spoiler alert, he can't talk about anything he does. Uh, and so there are some very strict rules, and he had to get everything cleared through the Apple executives to even be on our podcast. So thank you to all of you Apple executives uh, for, for allowing him to be on, but uh, he followed all the rules and did not talk about anything he's ever worked on or anything he's currently working on or anything he might be working on in the future. But let's just, let's just say that when you listen to him kind of avoid the question, he's definitely working on some cool stuff uh, mm-hmm. for Apple. Uh, so if you are at all interested in anything related to electrical engineering uh, or if you are a fan of cinema, if you're a fan of hip hop music, then you're going to love this conversation with Robbie Wright because he is a major, major fan of both and has woven both of those things into his undergraduate career when he was here at USC as an engineering student. So let's get out of the way and meet Robbie Wright.
Hey, Paul, can you hear me? Robbie, what's up, man? I can hear you. I can't see you yet. Can't see me. Hold on one second. There we are. There it is. Oh, look at that. Rocking, rocking the AirPods Max. Yes, green in particular. Yeah, I did a lot of research on this, I swear. I, probably too much research. No, man, that's, that's it, man. I'm, I'm envious. I, I'm, I'm still got the, the studio beats. These are, uh, these are old. I need it wired for this okay. particular for this particular uh, setting but uh that's great man how are you i'm doing well how's the audio by the way it's great okay good solid coming through great okay five by five doing good <laughs> wonderful i'm doing well thank you how you doing how's your family doing oh, we're great we're great yeah. you know yeah we're incredibly lucky uh uh knock on wood that yeah. uh Nothing has happened to us so far, given all the the weird things in the world. But, uh, you know, other than like, you know, my wife and my kid hate me from time to time uh, just because I'm here all the time. But everything's really, really good. Yeah, I understand. How about Uh, you? How's the fam? We're doing good. You know, we have the it's just my wife and the and the two dogs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the dogs love it because we've been home this whole time. Spoiled, Uh, right? COVID dogs. It's the whole thing. Yeah. And they're both rescues, so they have their laundry list of issues and whatnot, um, for sure. But uh, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> they're they're doing well. My wife's doing well. She's in the middle of her doctorate already. Oh, wow! So coincidentally, she... she started that back in January of last year. Okay. So I'm not sure if it was the best time to do it or the worst time to do it, but uh, it was going to be remote anyways. It's for full time workers. Um, yeah. She's yeah. getting a doctorate of education at Vanderbilt. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Doctorate of Education at Vanderbilt. And and does she want to use that um, like K through 12, higher education? Where where does she want to go with that? So she works in higher ed right now. She works at Palo Alto University. Oh. um, Mainly focuses on psychology and uh, clinical studies and counseling uh, in consortium with Stanford up here. So she's on the administration side already. And this is her, her emphasis is to get into leadership and, and organization for right. higher ed predominantly. Wow. Cool, man. Well, so welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thank are, you. I, I always ask everyone this, this question when we start them. Are, are you a big podcast listener? So full transparency, I am not. Usually uh, they're not. Usually not. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, so I started, started as a way maybe about four or five years ago when my commute time started to expand quite a bit (laughs) um as a way i was like oh i'm on you know two hours two and a half hours on the road how can i make that time be a little bit more productive Mm -hmm. um and podcasts certainly are a great great opportunity to do that audiobooks i like the fact that i'm able to kind of select what i'm listening to or or diving a bit deeper in Um, yeah so i I think I've gone through about 50 audiobooks maybe in the last three years. So holy cow. <laughs> yeah. holy cow. What's what's uh what's a highlight? What's a what's a couple highlights from those? So 50? I typically I typically do about nonfiction. Um that's what I I spend I'm most of my time that. listening to. I'm with you on that. Yeah. My wife does not understand that. She's like, why do you want to read that? I'm like, I because I watch TV. Like I, I Yeah. <laughs> if it's good, they'll make a show out of it. Come on. Re- exactly. Although with that said, I did listen to Queen's Gambit. 
uh, after watching the oh. show. Oh, really? Um, and that was good. That was a good pairing, definitely. Um, Netflix did a good job, like recreating a lot of the nuance in the book. But hmm. predominantly nonfiction, uh, either books on leadership, either business leadership or or historical hmm. leadership. Uh, certainly books on on uh, like financial type things, things that mm-hmm. things I could really learn about. Yeah. Um, my favorite, probably like those big, thick, lengthy biographies on figures from another time. Oh, um, yeah. You want like you know, the John Adams book. You want the, what, yes, his, what's, the Ron what's, Chernow autobiography is the, yeah. the Walter Isaacs and Walter Isaacs. Yeah. Yeah. Those that take, you know, 25 hours to get through or 30 hours to get through. I, I never finished 1776. I still have it. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting through, um, a Thomas Edison biography. I was actually reading this one oh, and yeah. I got about halfway. It's about 600 pages. I got about halfway through. This was a couple of years ago. I stopped. Uh, and then if I stop after a lengthy period of time, I feel the need to start again. And I got yeah. this time about 450 pages through and then stopped and went to other books. And, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to the end of it. So I, I empathize. Did you do the Da Vinci one? Isaacson's Da Vinci? Yes. Did yes. Leonardo Da Vinci, certainly the Steve Jobs one. Sure. Um, Have to. Required reading. Yes. Yes. That actually, uh, we can talk about that in a bit, but that actually set me up for the interview that I had. Oh uh, my gosh. That's so Apple. cool. Yeah. That's so it, was, cool. Uh, it was great timing. Needless to say. <laughs> I just, uh, I just wrapped up. Uh, I, I do want to come back to that. Definitely. Uh, I just wrapped up um, <clears throat> talking to strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, his most recent okay. one. I don't okay. know if you've, if you've read that or not, or I, I add that to your queue. That okay, yeah. That one's very popular. Like that one's well liked. Uh, I've read Outliers. Actually, yeah. based off a suggestion you gave me back when I was at USC, uh, I got around to it ten years later. But Outliers, <laughs> Outliers, oh, is Tipping Point as well. Um, yeah, I do like Malcolm Gladwell. I also like Robert Green. Also, similar. Oh, I have to I, look at them. Robert Green. Yeah, like uh, Mastery and uh, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Very anecdotal type. Historical. Oh, cool. Right. Um, yeah, I just wrapped Talking to Strangers, which is really good. It's, if for anyone is listening, it's it's graphic. Like, there's a lot to it where like I was kind of depressed. Uh, okay. Like like with some of the stuff of the topics because it, it deals with some real some real issues, uh, specific, specifically with racism, specifically with um, it, it deals with like the, the the Penn State child abuse stuff, and it's it's very oh, wow. graphic, very very graphic, okay. but it, it for a purpose. Um, and then I'm I'm currently reading. Um, what's it called? I can't say the t- I can't say the name on the podcast uh, without messing it up. It is uh, oh my gosh! Now I'm completely blanking on it. I'm gonna I'll come back to it. The okay. whole point is that it's got the F word in the title. Um, uh, oh, how do the the art of of the subtle so, art of not given? Yes, the subtle art yes. of not given. <laughs> I'm in the middle yes. of that right now, and okay. I'm in, I'm enjoying that quite well. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's what Mark so. Morrison. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to say Mark Ronson, but I know that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the DJ, right? That's the DJ. That's the DJ. Um, I did also finish Empire of Pain. I do. That's about the Sackler family and Oxycontin, and really, it's pretty timely. It's really well done. Uh, I do recommend that one. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Very cool. Well, Robbie, we have known each other for a very long time. And I was yeah. trying to do the math on this, but I mean, I'd have to say it's like when you were a senior in high school. Right. So half my life at this point. So, cause I was, <laughs> Is it yeah, half your life. <laughs> it's half my life. Uh, 
which yeah because it was a senior i came in i did a uh, like a, an admissions interview right um and i remember you were you were you were the one giving the interview um i i'll be frank i'm not sure how that went Please. to be honest you're here <laughs> i'm here i made it um but I, I certainly left going, I'm not sure if that went well, or I, I had no idea. But yeah, I, so might have, I might have told you this in the past, but anyone who ever walks out, we don't, hey, let's start here. We don't do interviews anymore. Thank okay. goodness, because they're, okay. they're a mind F on you. And, and it's just, it's not good. Uh, and it, so I'm glad we don't do interviews anymore. But interviews, whenever I would talk to someone, and I think we've had this conversation, is that if you walk out not knowing how it went, it probably went fine. If you walked out going, I nailed it. I'm like, it didn't go well. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Like, yeah. I certainly had job interviews like that as well. So I, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was 17 then, 35 now. So more than half my life while you and I were wow. in contact. So. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. No, I appreciate <laughs> it. I I really do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to jump on here um, because like I said, we've known each other a long time. There's certainly a lot of folks that you've worked with over what, 20 years or so now. Yeah. Yeah. And 21 uh, so, now, which is scary. Wow. Well, congrats on that. <laughs> um, but I, I appreciate it. I, I know there's a, there's a lot of this opportunity could have easily not come. So I appreciate you. thinking. No, I'm, me. I'm, I'm glad you're here, buddy. Thank you. Um, and, and I, I think it's important to, to have you on not only because hey you're a cool guy and you got lots of fun stuff to talk about and we have fun together all the time, We do. but, um, I, I think that your story of like kind of what you wanted to do, how you kind of went through that, how you spent your time at USC, I don't want to give anything away and I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I think like you had a plan of like what you mm-hmm. thought you were going to be. And then things change as you go. They did. Right. And they did. And um, that's kind of the theme that I'm realizing now. It's an unintentional theme, but that's the theme of all of our alumni conversations is, so you think you know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So out of high school, tell me about, tell me about Robbie coming out of high school. You were were in Santa Clarita, right? I did. So I, up until I moved up here into the Bay, uh, San Francisco Bay area about eight years ago, uh, I pretty much spent about. 40 miles, a 40 mile radius outside of Los Angeles. Um, I was born in Burbank. And then right around the time I was three, I moved to Santa Clarita, which Mm. is right by uh, Six Flags, Magic Mountain. Um, That was our big claim to fame for for many, many years, uh, especially when I was a kid. Um, And I think that was very important for my parents was to uh, to provide that stability. So I Mm -hmm. went through this, went to the same elementary school, kindergarten through sixth grade. I went to the same junior high and then high school yeah. Um, and then went to USC and then post graduating uh, with my master's, I went back to my hometown for about a year um, and then was in Redondo beach. And so up until I was about 27 or so uh, yeah, it was pretty much within driving distance of Los Angeles at all times. Um, So high school version of Robbie uh, Mm -hmm. was it always engineering? Like, tell me, tell me about that coming up in high school. Like when you, you're, you're, you know, you're sophomore, junior, you're like, okay, college is in the, the distance a little bit. Do you have a plan? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of 
campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long, but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit. Hope to see you soon. No, it was never engineering actually, to be quite honest. Um, when I was, so when I was in high school, neither of my parents have engineering backgrounds. Uh, my dad uh, studied political science. He went to UCLA. He ended up uh, working at Northrop Grumman and Lockheed for pretty much his entire career. So always around hmm. at least aerospace engineering, but always on the business side. Got it. Um, and my mom has spent her career pretty much uh, as a legal assistant for various law firms, primarily in like workers comp. Uh, so engineering was not, I was not, uh, was not genetically predisposed to be an engineer, <laughs> I guess, if you will. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my, my, my maternal grandfather, so my mom's dad, uh, he's the one that actually got me into computers at the very yeah. least. So when I was about 15, I think he and I put together or assembled our, for my first PC. That's basically what I spent my high school career on, huh. um, updating that. And then, uh, <laughs> kind of like folks who work on their cars all the time, you're always working on, yeah. on your computer. Um, yeah. to the point where I remember this is going to date me a little bit, but I remember when you used to if you started your computer with a floppy disk inserted into, into the computer, it wouldn't like yeah. the windows wouldn't start up. Yeah. And so I absentmindedly went through that process and thought, Oh no, there's something really wrong. So I ended up like opening up the whole thing and started <laughs> and started messing around with it and then realized, Oh no, I just need to eject the floppy disk <laughs> and continue going forward. Um, that's awesome. And that's, but that's really what started. Also, by the way, for our listeners, floppy disks yeah. are little pieces. Of- <laughs> Fair enough. We're going to talk about how what was it called? The V key was originally on a CD-ROM. And- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. V key has come up. There's a there's yeah. a side tangent story here about one of our professors um, <clears throat> was having this conversation about floppy disks. Okay. And he realized his kids had never seen one, so he brought one home, like the not not even the five inch one, which I think you might have referred to, but like the three and a half inch. The three and a half, yeah. yeah that's three what, and a half that's what I, w- I was familiar with. Yeah. Right. So the three and a half, he brings one home and he shows his kids, like, check it out. And the kid's response, and this is a couple of years ago now, looks at it and says, Why did you 3D print the save icon? <laughs> I believe it. 100%. Yeah. All right. So grandfather gets you into building the computer. Right. And how, how does that, does that translate immediately to like, I think I want to do this in college. It, it got me on the path. I would say I was always very, I loved math. That Mm -hmm. math was always my subject. Um, But I also, I felt had a creative, uh, creative streak in me. And I was very interested in pursuing possibly something that could combine both. And you were me, into film, you were into film, yeah. right? Like big and like, and I, they didn't have a major in rap. So uh, <laughs> they, they, rap music. So they, that's they... true. I probably should have done music production, but no. Um, yeah. So the combination for me, at least in my mind, especially in or around 2000 was special effects design. I was going to do animatronics or miniatures or, or do those types of things. Something that could combine 
my love of film and again that 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 creative aspect of it with something a little bit more technical um and i came to find how mistaken i was in that mm. uh, especially when special effects transitioned into the visual effects and really digital artistry and that was something that i did not have a talent for <laughs> Nor, was it that you, you didn't have a talent or you just realized were, were you outpaced did you not like it like what was i know i you know i i don't have i don't consider myself a fair a very artistic person um we did some like maya maya 3d classes i did some of that um and yeah. things certainly did not uh, i didn't just i just didn't have the patience to continue building that that skill set definitely patience point. Yeah, it's, yes. patience, it's a patience thing, man. It's like, oh, did that work? Nope. Okay, let's try 10,000 other things. Yeah. Great. We got four <laughs> frames. Yeah. And you and you partner that with um, the fact that I, I really started to get into, into kind of the more uh, computer architecture organization, uh, electrical engineering portion of it. I also was very allergic to computer programming when I started my freshman year as well. Yeah. Um, CompSci 101 really took care of that for me. And now... Again, looking <laughs> retrospectively, I probably should have been a little bit more disciplined in building up that skill set, which I am currently now, uh, but more in my free time than sure. formerly. Yeah, yeah, but hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty, man. I mean, like, there's so many things that everyone would do differently. Um, but you you come to USC when you're looking at colleges. It was like mm -hmm. Southern California that was the jam, just somewhere in Southern California. Because your dad went to UCLA, right? He did, he did, and that was certainly uh, an option that I looked like. I did apply to UCLA. Um, it wasn't entirely Southern California, primarily in California. So the the UC system, Irvine, Davis, Got it. Uh, kind of up and down, up and down California. The summer before I before my senior year of high school, I went and visited some, uh, some family friends in New York and we toured a couple of the Ivy league schools. So Columbia, okay. Yale, Princeton. Okay. Um, I ended up, I ended up applying to Columbia and, and Stanford as well as kind of like at the, uh, the other outside USC and, yeah. and the UC system. And uh, USC was uh, the dark horse winner, I guess, and all that. My mom actually was the one who was, most impressed and i felt personally that was the that was going to be the best fit i wanted something a bit bigger um i did apply to like harvey mudd as well in the claremont mm -hmm. schools yeah um and that was a bit smaller and i wanted something that would allow me to explore engineering because again that was the foot i was leading with uh but also potentially something tangentially something again, on the more creative side and usc had the uh, the amazing film school. It yeah. still does, but yeah. certainly was reputed at the time to be the best film school in, in yeah. the country. So totally. So it was that combination of hey, engineers think where I think this is where I want to go, and I got this artistic element that I'm not denying, and maybe I want to keep you know tickling that as much as possible. And uh, well, you definitely did, and so I want to talk about that. Sure. But what's interesting is that um, I think about you and your dad a lot. Um, because it's please, please tell them I said this because uh, a your hey look, say hello to your parents number one for me by the we'll way do. <laughs> um, we'll do but because uh, they're always just so great and enthusiastic I mean like nothing beats your dad's smile like he, you, yeah. you can see that thing from a mile away um, but he I, I I get I've been getting this question a lot lately okay. about like hey will you not admit me because my dad went to UCLA I'm like let me tell you about Robbie Wright. <laughs> And well, that's certainly not true. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, not true at all. And and also just like, hey, you're one of many examples like that. But also your dad was like so, I, I think he wore more cardinal and gold than you ever did. Hey, everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, to my, to my parents, I was, I'm an, I'm an only child. Yes. Um, and maybe that will come through <laughs> later on. But uh, I mean, my, my, both my parents were, were incredibly supportive of my yeah. decision. And certainly during the time, uh, my, my dad has very fond memories of his time at UCLA. Um, yeah. My aunt, his sister also went to UCLA for a while. And so my grandfather was, my grandfather was probably the one that took most issue with me going to USC oh. just because his, his children were, were UCLA Bruins, but oh. also very supportive. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Um, and yeah, my dad, my dad never, uh, we, we would have fun around Thanksgiving during, during, (laughs) during the game time. But, uh, other than that, always very supportive. And yeah, it was, uh, it never was, it never was an issue. It was never like I was betraying his legacy or anything like that. I I think that, I think that so many students are are trapped into these, like, you know, movies and TV shows where like, there's like a heated rivalry. I'm like, it is not that heated. I mean, like if you want it to be, you're more than welcome to, but (laughs) It's a fun uh, it, rivalry. It's a That's fun rivalry. And it always was for me and my family. Um, yeah. It was more fun when we won all the time. That was of a course. more fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Of course. Of course. I got asked actually uh, for the first time, cause I have a new brother-in-law and I got asked this week, like, Hey, you want to place a friendly wager on the old org? Cause he went there. He had Oregon affiliation. And he's like, okay. uh, on the Oregon game. I looked at him and said, uh, I don't think we're playing you. <laughs> like first <laughs> that's right fig- first figure out your team's schedule before you start like <laughs> coming at me man like <laughs> yeah yeah uh i mean it was you know obviously with the with the pack 12 and, and splitting splitting the division like that it was yeah. a little different a little different oh gosh 15 years ago 20 years ago 18 years yeah ago, it's very like different <laughs> and that's what's so funny is like he wants to have a rivalry with me i'm like you realize we have a rivalry with everybody like we can't right. like like we we like to people like to have rivalries with us and we're just like okay if you if this is a big game to you i'm sorry we'll we'll make it a big game whatever whatever you need funny it's it's funny you bring up my parents because as as you think about them often my parents think about you often as well oh my gosh really yes um i mean they again, only child. So they, they showed up, I think all four years of my undergrad to the parent teacher or the parent week, parents week. weekend, family weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Family week weekend here. And I remember my dad, he still talks about this to this day. This was my, I imagine my sophomore year. Uh, he joined me in one of my classrooms as, cause you could do that and just yeah. sitting, sitting in yeah. on like a physics lecture. I think partially to embarrass me, but partially also because he was just general, genuinely interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he remembers the professor writing down an equation, and he noticed that it was incorrect. And he still talks about with prideful glee about <laughs> how he recognized an error in the physics equation at before the professor did. <laughs> and I remind him like it's interesting because you didn't say anything at the time. <laughs> But all right, we'll, <laughs> we'll give it to him. So uh, my dad loves, 
my dad, my dad had a wonderful time, thought obviously that USC was a very good uh, fit for me, also took care of me very well. And so I think generally has a general appreciation for, for my time in, uh, at, at the school. Yeah. So you went, uh, you started out thinking computer science, you mm-hmm. ended up electrical engineering. And uh, in between all that, uh, we talked about, uh, we, we kind of skipped over, so we're going to jump into this. You, you, mm-hmm. have, uh, you had have a, a passion for film. Uh, I did. And, and this, yeah. was a, this was a big thing for you. So help, help everyone understand how you navigated that passion, how you kept it alive, and some of the yeah. cool things that you did. Yeah, it, certainly informally. So I didn't minor in film, um, but my, my best friend in college, who we ended up being best, best man at each other's wedding, uh, also shared a strong interest in film and acting and film production. Anthony, right? Anthony? Anthony, yeah. 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 Look at me, remembering stuff. I yeah. know. He's doing great, by the way. Good. Uh, Chris Tadulu. Oh, I just yes. came, the whole name just came to me. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it's, I'm like it, I, it took me a while to get there. Anthony Chris Tadulu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he and I, uh, basically, his, his roommate at the time was a screenwriter major oh. um, at, the, at the USC Film School. And that's a very difficult program mm. to get into. I think mm-hmm. we picked maybe 20 students every, every class. Yeah. to get into that program. And uh, so incredibly talented. And that was kind of our link. Uh, we spent mm. a lot of time working either on film festivals around campus, film festivals around Los Angeles, uh, putting together just a bunch of different projects, just working on films, film school projects uh, yeah. for, for the students there, um, just getting involved. Uh, and that was really, that really, I would say, scratched that itch. Um, up until like when we put together what was it the the Cool Institute the Klein Institute mm-hmm. uh, for under undergraduate engineering life I think nice job uh, yeah thank you <laughs> I I remember the T-shirt so <laughs> if I remember the T-shirt I can remember the acronym um, and we submitted we had done a a short film it was about fifteen minutes long it took an entire semester to get through uh, or to to complete and we submitted that and ended up winning a couple a couple of the prizes there. Um, and so that, that was really great. It was, a, it was an outlet for me to uh, get a little bit out of my comfort zone, uh, be a little bit creative. And for me, that translated back into what I was doing more on the technical side anyway. Um, so I, I spent a lot of my college time, again, doing that. And then, of course, as part of a VSA, kind of starting the yeah. webisode. Yeah, production. that's right. Yeah. You so, are very, for, for all of our listeners, uh, Robbie was in charge of and essentially uh, basically produced, created the very first YouTube video we ever put up. Um, I think it's the first YouTube video put up as a school because of course what we mm-hmm. did uh, with with the student ambassadors was always ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and so for sure. The, I haven't <laughs> checked it actually. I should check it actually. But if you go to the Viterbi student YouTube account, the very first video is Robbie uh, and yeah. Adam, if I remember correctly, making your webisodes debut. Because at the time right. we're like, we have to call it something. We, it's not just your YouTube channel. We're like, what are you making? We're making webisodes. I remember that whole thing. Well, YouTube was was relatively new. Vlogs were relatively new. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's that's the format we went. They were about five minute videos. Um, and yeah, that was again. It was another another opportunity you, you so graciously gave me that I was able to to practice some things. Um, I had some friends that interned at Adobe, so I was able to get a lot of editing software on the cheap at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, 
basically just with a camera and, and support of other BSAs, we were able to put together, I think about half a dozen or so that yeah. first year, not a ton, but enough. It was, <laughs> it was great. It, started. it was great. Yeah. Especially with nothing, no, nothing, no, no other benchmark to compare it to. I mean, it was a lot. Right. Uh, I, I have a memory and maybe this is, maybe I'm incorrect, but I remember, and I'm hoping it's you because I give you credit for this when I tell the story all the time, but you were, uh, maybe it was with your, your roommate and your friends uh, doing the Ed Wood Film Festival. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I think a couple of them, two of them in a row. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody what that's about. Cause I've told that story and I love that story. Well, I don't know if people know who Ed Wood is. Well, let's um, start there. <laughs> so Ed Wood was a, was a very, I think they dub him Z movie, like sci- a lot of science fiction, mm-hmm. but back in the thirties, think in the 30s where you think of those very like i'm gonna go 50s on that one but i could be is it 50s okay (laughs) um but black and white very stereotypically bad special effects type uh type uh science fiction movies and and those types of things and so uh mike booms in the in in the in the shot and weird edits and basically trying to do movies as cheaply as possible uh and get them out get them out to the public was was who Ed Wood was the director? There is a movie where Johnny Depp plays him. Yeah, um, and so that was that was pretty good, pretty good representation of what I imagined Ed Wood was right. like. Um, and but it's so, very avant garde guerrilla filmmaking. Let's just go make something. Who cares if it's going to be good? Let's just see what happens, right? Yeah, exactly right. And in that spirit, uh, USC had an annual Ed Wood Film Festival where they gave you either a, a prompt or or a topic or a prop. Um, or some combination thereof. And you basically had 24 hours to interpret it, write something, shoot something, edit it, and then submit it. Uh, like I said, tw- literally 24, 24 hours. hours. 24 yeah. hours. That's amazing. Do you yeah. remember what your film was? Yes. Uh, well, I certainly remember the second one because okay. it was not received well. <laughs> uh, we had one. It was, uh, so I remember the the prop that had to be included was a pair of sunglasses. Um, okay. And we called it Netskate. And it was Netskate on a play on skate? Netskate. Yeah, skate, like skateboarding. Like skateboarding, okay. Yeah, uh, it was a play on Netscape, which was an internet browser back in the day. <laughs> it's already everybody over, over everybody's head. Yeah. Um, and basically, it, the intention was it was a TV or the format was a tv movie from the 80s that was supposed to be set in the future of the internet um and we called it netskate because my character uh skateboarded through essentially uh a a green screen internet um if you will uh trying to uh prevent a bomb being planted in the internet and causing it to explode and thus disappear so why that you're not telling the story of you receiving the Oscar for this. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it did not. It, it was very, the, I would say the reception was very, huh? What, <laughs> what did I just watch for, for five minutes? Um, so that, that was our, that was certainly our second one. Our first one actually was a, was a Western. Um, and we shot at, uh, was it uh, Melody Ranch? Uh, again, guerrilla filmmaking. We just showed up and they were building a, a set for Deadwood, I think that TV series. That oh, was really? And, and so we just shot around that and we had a bunch of costumes and it was a, it was a Western themed, Western themed Ed Wood, Ed Wood contest. That's I awesome. Think that, 
that thing was your uh, my eyes are killing me so we had okay. to fix that somewhere in the hmm. i don't and we chose some spinoff of, or some uh parody of the quick uh the good the bad and the ugly that's awesome yeah. So as an engineering student, you're getting involved in student films and mm-hmm. creative process. You're also taking cinema courses through the minor. Did you have a favorite course that you took in, in, as part of that minor? Yeah. Um, so I didn't, didn't officially do the minor, but certainly took a lot of just one-offs or audit a lot yeah. of classes. Yeah, um, yeah. The film symposium was always a favorite. That was with Leonard Malton. Oh, yeah. 466. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, an Access Hollywood or Entertainment Tonight, one of the one of those shows at the time. Um, and so we got to watch films usually before they were released. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd watch a short, we'd watch a a film that was a couple weeks away or a month away from being released to theaters, and then they would bring someone who worked on the film, an actor or yeah. a cameraman or a director or producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really good to hear. Uh, the interesting perspectives, both on large budget films. I think Casino Royale, they brought in uh, someone who from the studio to do that, or just kind of your independent films mm. where either the uh, the writer director was a former student at USC, right. um, but really kind of see these passion projects come through. And it's a very varying degrees of perspective on that. And so that one always stands out. I took that one twice. The second time I so had twice. to just... Yeah, the wow. second time I just had to audit because you can get credit, for, get it credit twice. for it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dude, what was like the biggest uh oh my god, I can't believe we saw that film in, in that you got to see it ahead of everybody. Yeah. So I would say uh the one that stuck, sticks out to me the most was The Last King of Scotland. Oh yeah. Starred Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's the that's the film he won the Oscar for, and the guest was Forrest Whitaker. Oh, cool, man! So you get to do yeah. a Q and A with Forrest Whitaker prior to the movie coming out, and he wins the Oscar for that. Yeah, and he's just got you could just tell the the method that he goes into. He was talking about this one scene where he's playing the the accordion, uh-huh. and just how he regulated his breathing to match like the the contraction and, and separation of the accordion. Um, and I was like, oh, this, this guy takes his craft at a, to a whole different level. <laughs> um, and so he's just a very, yeah, just very like introspective type type person. So that, that one stands out to me the most. We also met like John Heater, who was Napoleon Dynamite. And yeah. he was exactly how you would, I think oh, really? you would expect him to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, um, I, I, yeah. I, I've heard this, I cannot confirm this. And I know I'm realizing I'm putting this down as a recording, but I heard that in, uh, 2019, Kevin Feige brought Endgame to oh, wow. 466. Okay, and so everybody got to see Endgame <laughs> the week before it came out. I'm like, that's Are you amazing. Kidding me? That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the biggest one I would say probably was Casino Royale. Yeah, um, and that was that was the Thursday that it was going to premiere at midnight, and I actually skipped that one because we had premiere tickets at Grumman's to go see it, so I saw it there <laughs> instead. Um, which is a bummer because it would have been nice to have met uh, whoever they brought in for that. I think it was uh, actually a label or a studio executive Oh wow! Um, to do that. But uh, yeah, I, rem- I remember having to go like, hey, I have tickets for this in about three hours. Um, so I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was probably the biggest, like biggest budget, biggest blockbuster that we saw. Do you, uh, when you, when you think back on your, your like your quote unquote college years, 
uh, mm-hmm. do, do you tend to define them around the kind of the, that film and artistic expression? Was that, was that like the underlying thread through your college years? No, I don't, not anymore. Um, I think it was a nice hobby and you thought it was going to be coming in and then something else happened. Yeah. I would say, um, I like anything that the plan that I came in with was certainly not the plan that I exited college with. Um, I would say the defining year of my college experience was my junior year. Hmm. Um, and, and that's where I felt I had the strongest hold both on what I wanted to do, which I ended up still not doing. Um, but how, what I was working on was going to translate to that. And I think that largely had to do with the the classes I was taking and the professors that that I was uh, taking those classes from. And at that point in time, I was very interested in pursuing like a a PhD, uh, becoming a professor and, and working in, in, in the field of electrical engineering primarily. Um, But I, I would say that resonates with me more now than, than the film did. So, so tell me about it. What was the area? Like what was, what was happening? What was the aha moments you were having? Um, yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, I remember having a conversation again with Anthony going, you know what, the film thing is nice, but I, I just don't have the longevity interest <laughs> in it. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed my colleagues in the engineering school. I found them to be very collaborative. I found really being able to draw off their energy and, and wanting to, to wanting to work with them. And, and then uh, the class that really did it for me, I think it was EE 348 uh, with, with Professor Choma, uh, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Right. Uh, rest in peace to him. But his approach into uh, CMOS transistors and his approach in really leading that class, uh, was, at least personally, was, was incredibly motivating. It was an incredibly difficult class. He knew it was an incredibly difficult class. Um, and he said, I want to pick those students who want to be here. Um, and he taught us a great deal about collaborative working and working within teams and everything that we did was within a group. And it was those late nights that I spent uh, with that group that really uh, solidified that this is what I want. I wanted to be at least tangentially technical or adjacently technical uh, if I couldn't be completely technical going forward. Um, and so I think that was probably more personality-based than, 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 than anything else, including the material. But that was truly what uh, I look back to very fondly. Um, and that was, that was my junior year. I think that was my uh, spring junior year. So can, can you help explain CMOS to our listeners? I mean, of course, you and I know that it's a type of metal oxide semiconductor. You're Googling. Uh, field, field effect <laughs> transistor. It's a MOSFET, you know. That, yeah. Uh, I'm Googling it's as a, we go. It's, <laughs> it's essentially a switch, but I mean, uh, metal oxides uh, transistors are the building blocks for all modern computing, right? So if you're working in binary and you're switching from zeros to one, um, being able to do that billions of time per second essentially requires billions of tiny switches to do that per Got second. Um, and so that is that is the building block, I would Personally, at least for me, I would explain it as a field for modern computing and being able to work at the, and it has to be pushing electrons at like the nanometer level to do that quickly. Um, so there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I'm certainly not the expert on CMOS sure, transistors sure. anymore, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, what, what do you think was, I mean, again, hindsight being 2020, but what do you think was the, 
what, what was it? What was special about Dr. Choma's approach? Um, or what was going on in that class that you're like, maybe this is, what, what, was it purely his brilliance or was it his connection as a person? What, what do you think it was? A uh, combination of both. Certainly a brilliant, brilliant professor. Um, and I had a, I had plenty of brilliant professors at USC. I don't, I don't want to denigrate any, any other professors sure. that I had. Um, his connection was amazing because I, I certainly was the type, I, di- I didn't consider myself the most innate technical engineer. Uh, I still don't, but uh, what I lacked in that, I felt I could make up for in proactivity or or, uh, work ethic. Um, And so I spent every week I was in his office hours, probably 10 weeks straight, eight weeks straight. Um, And and what I appreciated about Dr. Choma was that he also recognized that as being a huge part of what makes for a successful engineer. Um, He also recognized that collaboration and working in a team was something that makes for a successful engineer. Um, And not that I don't have a competitive streak in me. I certainly (laughs) do. But it it is true. Like As you graduate and go into the workforce and and as you manage your career, you're never going to be able to do that in isolation. You're always going to be working with other teams and with folks with other expertises to build the best solution, the best product, whatever it is. and so, and, and he made no, he had no qualms about it. I remember, uh, so Ming Shei is the uh, namesake of the EE yeah. department. Yeah. Um, and Ming Shei took, I don't know if it was EE348 at the time, but took that class with Dr. Choma. And Dr. Choma, I remember Dr. Choma telling me, I gave him a C and he just donated $30 million. And you know what? He deserved that C. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I, I appreciate just I appreciated just his whole his whole approach and really wanting uh, his students to do well. The ones that wanted to work for him um, wanted to do that that extra level because, like I said, he knew his class was difficult. He knew uh, there were other options students could take, but those that stuck around, I think he certainly advocated for and championed and championed them for. Um, and I ended up corresponding with him after I graduated, uh, pretty much up until, up until the year he passed. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, 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 um, other professors as well, but certainly Dr. Trump sure. rings the Yeah. Most. So that human connection, I think makes a big difference. And I think what, what's important for, for a lot of students as they come in, it's really interesting. I don't know if you felt this way coming out of high school, but there's this, um, mythology, around professors that people are Mm. like, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if that's like some sort of like Harry Potter, like, like, Oh, don't talk to that one. Like type situation. Like there's only one cool professor or something. Like, I, I I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Do you know? Uh, You know, I, I think it comes from, you know, certainly at large schools, you have large classes. It's just kind of the, uh, ambiguity or, or the anon- anonymity of yeah. students within a large organization. And so I think the perception is the professors, if there are good teachers, and again, this is the perception, I'm not saying that this is the reality. Right. Um, if they're good teachers, they still have too many students to work with that uh, they, they would not have time for any particular individual. Uh-huh. Um, and the rest of the time they're working on their research and their grants and their, and their mm-hmm. all, all the rest of it um, that makes them great professors for large research institutions. Um, but I, I never found that. I always felt 
Yes, USC is a large school as a university um, and the engineering school is certainly not small compared to other engineering schools, but I always felt a, at least a small school feel. I never had issues meeting with professors or meeting with uh, teacher assistants. Uh, once you kind of get over that, uh, that very impressive, uh, intimidating type, yeah. <laughs> type preconception. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, so you go on and you get your master's right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do that full time or you did that part time while you're working? I did it full time. Um, I did the progressive degree program. So the Got four it. plus one, um, which was great because I had no intention of taking the GRE and I was, I was a big, uh, that is the benefit. That is a big benefit. At least, at least for me. Um, I had done a couple of internships. I'd interned at advanced medical optics, uh, which was later acquired by Abbott. And then I'd interned at Cisco, which was the first time I had actually gone up to Silicon Valley hmm. um, and then came back for, for that, that fifth year. Although I took a full calendar year to do it. I did my last yeah. class over a summer semester. That's great. Yeah. So you, you get your master's and then you started working, I think right away at, at Northrop. Is that where you were? Yeah, that's where I started. So okay. when I graduated in 2009, uh, it was certainly the recession was at its peak. Yeah. Um, and a lot of industries were not hiring. Um, I got through a number of interviews and multiple rounds of interviews at a number of companies. Uh, and so, but Department of Defense or the defense aerospace industry was hiring um, yeah. as well. And so the two opportunities I ended up getting were Northrop, which was through the help of my dad, who was working there at the time um, and in the CIA, I had gotten an opportunity with them as well. And I ended up taking the Northrop position because it A, kept me in Southern California and I, and B, um, I felt the, the CIA position was going to be a little bit more of a, a lifestyle change, I would say. So <laughs> working at the CIA, probably yeah. a lifestyle change, probably. Right. Probably. So, so I started working that, so I graduated like beginning of August in 2009 and started working about two weeks later. And we're back. Thank you so much, Paul. I really enjoyed like listening to Robbie's comments on how he chose his major and how he kind of like stumbled into engineering. Yeah, it's really cool. But one thing I just realized is that we didn't tell people at the beginning of this episode, this is part one of a two-part episode. Um, and it, so there's more to it. So if, if you've got through this this part one of this, uh, we have part two coming up later this week uh, where he continues his conversation about the work that he does at Apple. And uh, of course, we have our fun little, I don't think I did this with with Kristen, but we've got our 10 um, oh, yeah. uh, lightning round questions at the end, which are super fun. He gives some some really great, great answers there just to get some insight into them. Awesome. I'm sorry, were you, were you gonna ask something? I, I completely stepped in your question. Oh, I was just wondering if you have any plans for this week. Oh, this week, uh, man. Okay, so it's October. Uh, we are in the middle of soccer season here in, in my household. Uh, my daughter uh, has games on weekends and then Thursday night practices. Wow. It's kind of a kind of a, a bigger deal. She's you know about fifty percent in, fifty percent out of soccer. Some days <laughs> she loves it, some days she hates it, some days she never wants to go. Um, but when she's out there playing, she she enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's 
that's that. Um, we might head to Disneyland uh, one day this week. I don't know if I told you, but we uh, we became magic key holders. We bought the the annual oh. pass, the new annual pass at Disneyland, and so we try to hop over there. I think we might try to do a a Friday night there uh, to get some get some fireworks in. Um, nice, which is which is kind of fun. So we're trying to make that worthwhile, uh, and then you know just the huge, nothing, nothing too exciting. I mentioned at the top of this episode, it's spooky season. So like I've spent this last week, um, we, we started to get some decorations. I've been on Amazon doing mm-hmm. the dad thing. I've, I'm now oh, into yeah. like all sorts of Halloween lights. So I've got, you know, witch hat lights hanging from the tree in our front. Oh, area. they're already out. <laughs> oh, I got them up. I got them. Up. I was just admiring them before we started recording. I put up a big spider web uh, that lights up purple on our front door. I got some purple mm-hmm. spotlights in the, the big front walkway kind of leading up to the tree. I'm like, what else can I do? What else can I do? So I'm going to be, I'm going to be searching for some fog machines here in the near future. Oh yeah. See if my I can dad figure out how to make that. that fog machines. Yeah. So I'm going to figure out how I can get that going. It's all a question of like, how much cool stuff can I put out with little amount of effort? Like, I don't want to run a ton of extension cords. I'm really excited by solar powered and battery powered LED packs right now. <laughs> Cause then it's like, I could put these anywhere. I don't have to worry about this giant power line running. So that's, nice. that's my, that's my usual thing. That's what I've been really contemplating. It's working a lot of hard, hard work on around the house here. Yeah. Nice. That's actually really funny. Cause my dad is super into Halloween too. But once we got too old to like go trick or treating as much, he just kind of stopped completely. I don't know where all of the Halloween stuff went. It would be interesting to ask him because this is what I'm realizing with myself is I didn't care about this at all before my daughter came around. And so I think it's purely something that gets sparked because of your kids. And Mm -hmm. I'm interested to find out what happens to me when she doesn't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I will care anymore. My house, we always had a bunch of the blow up like yeah. pumpkins and witches mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That might be next. I don't know. Um, we, we definitely got that for Christmas and I've always not been a big Halloween decorator, but this year I was like, Hey, these are, like I said, battery packed and solar powered stuff. Yep. Like that's, that's yeah, easy to throw out there. Let's see what happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Amazon is a treat uh, to be able to do the shopping in the middle of the night. And then it arrives the next day. I don't have to put a lot of effort out. So I'm, I am currently cheating uh, beyond all belief. That's awesome though. Are you, are you, when you, when you do, do Halloween, are you, are you, what, what, do you have plans for all? I know it's a while away, but maybe we should like tease this as an ongoing conversation throughout the pod. <laughs> are, are you thinking about dressing up? What, where, where is Halloween in your mindset right now? I mean, I feel like for college students, Halloween is just like a Halloween party. So uh-huh. I, last year I was a lumberjack. I don't know. I normally figure out my, um, my, costume day of just like whatever to you got in the closet together that'll, yeah. that'll turn into this so i'm not really sure um we'll see what happens i know that we're doing a spooky beach cleanup um in sc oh. outfitters the day before cool. so cool. i'm excited for that we'll be what makes it spooky beach. well we're gonna it's a day before halloween and also we're gonna be dressed up so i think it'll be fun where's it at what beach oh i'm not sure yet i'm not planning it but I'm definitely gonna go i'm excited Okay, cool. Well, let me know because if it's in my area, if you if you're able to have us, we'd love to come down and help you with the spooky beach cleanup. That would be fun. Yeah, honestly, more hands the better. And it's through the USC Environmental Sciences Department. They do like regular beach cleanups. So we were just hoping to partner with them and bring a bunch of SC Outfitters people. Well, cool. That's awesome. Um, well, good. Well, let me know. Let's let's keep all of our listeners abreast of of your plans for Halloween because <laughs> we are about a month away. 
and it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and, and whether you dress up and what you dress up as. And maybe if you do, we might have to do some sort of like post later yeah. on to be like what the costumes are. Maybe, maybe we figure out whether there's like secrets. I'll, I'll tell you right now, we have already purchased it. My hol- my Halloween costume is actually in the closet right now. It's been purchased. Oh my gosh. It's been, it's been ready to go. Um, again, not not a me thing again i'm i really have never really liked halloween <laughs> but mm-hmm. the idea of like family costumes has been a thing and this year we got agreement uh from everybody basically i just don't care and so i say i go along with everything um of what we're going to be so i'm not i'm not uh, telling anything um maybe i'll maybe i'll give clues uh, maybe okay. that's a good idea um but uh, family theme costume. So all three of us are in the same theme. All three of us are in the same world or universe or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we did the purchase, like it was finally agreed upon. It, it's basically like, okay, here is, here's McKay's costume. We're going to buy that. Okay. My wife says, this is what she's buying. And then it's like, okay, here's your, here's what you're buying. I said, that's fine. Whatever. Will it fit? That's all I care about. Will it fit? And will mm-hmm. it, can I wear it and not be annoyed the whole night? Yeah. Is, was my two, two things. Anyway, we go through purchasing it uh, again through the beauty of Amazon and um, turns out mine is the most expensive costume out of all. Oh, wow. <laughs> mine is more expensive than the two of theirs combined. And there, she's like, do you guys have expensive? I'm like, I didn't pick this out. This isn't my thing. You just told me like what. Oh, my like, God. That's what I'm getting. So mine is the most expensive. It is the most. It is literally head to toe. Uh, and um, the let's see. The clue that I'll give today is this specific character wears a hat. Oh, that doesn't help. I know, but over time, okay, maybe more clues will line up, right? So I'm, I'm thinking yeah. this is a tease. I'm thinking for all five of our listeners who listen to this, <laughs> maybe they could start jumping in on my Twitter account with guesses as to what it's going to be, and then we'll then we'll make sure that we uh, we we announce it at the end. Oh yeah. This is the most pressure I've ever had on my Halloween costume, just so you know. <laughs> like the wheels are turning. Well, good. We'll go get you there. And then you have to get your roommates together and figure out like, will you guys dress up? What will it be? Maybe you guys should do a theme group. Maybe that yeah. will be the case. I know there was talk about it, but honestly, I forgot what we were planning on doing. Well, maybe you need to be the captain now. Maybe you need to get in there and figure it out. Well, I, I'm definitely a team player, so I'll probably just follow what everyone else is doing. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be a podcaster for Halloween. Just go around with oh. your headphones on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's be, like uh, if I went as a climber Sarah. for Halloween. Yeah. With Sarah, Sarah, what's that girl's name from uh, Serial? Who's like wear a Serial t-shirt, just like you have with glasses. Did you ever, did you ever listen to Serial, the podcast? No, I don't know what that is. Oh my gosh, you even listen to Serial? That's one of the whole reasons why we started this podcast was because that kicked off to be such a huge worldwide phenomenon about the random uh, true crime story of uh, Adnan. I can't remember his name now. Everyone's going to hate me for this, but Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L. Um, oh, I was hearing Serial, like the food. Not Serial, the food. Yes, Serial as in like a progression of series. Wow. My, per- like, my perception of this podcast changed immediately with the spelling. <laughs> it's a true crime podcast and it was like the biggest thing in podcasts which like made everybody really tune into podcasts who never had before um but i you could totally do it you could totally you could totally be her okay cool yeah i'll look into it anyway 
that is probably enough for today. Uh, let's get out of the way, get get back to whatever the rest of the, you're doing in your world. Tune back in in a couple of days for part two of Robbie Wright in our continued in-depth conversation about Halloween and costumes and spooky season.